At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here on The Look Ahead, I'm Scott Seidenberg here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter, at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. A historic night in Seattle. The Yankees and the Mariners are into the 13th inning, and they are scoreless. It is the first time since the ruling of the Ghost Runner that a game has gone scoreless through 11 innings. It's also the first time that a game has gone scoreless through 12 innings since August 17th, 2019, Detroit at Tampa. That is the last time a game went scoreless into the 13th inning. Excuse me, that was before the advent of the Ghost Runner. That game just ended, uh, that game ended uh, in 2019 in the bottom of the 13th, one nothing. the Rays won on a Mike Brousseau walk-off single. So that's where we are right now. That information, courtesy of Sarah Langs, does a great job uh, on Twitter um, and, and giving out all the stats there. So, yeah, I, I, it, the Yankees did something historic as well in the 10th and 11th innings the ghost runner was actually picked off in consecutive innings. and Or it might have been the 11th and 12th innings. Whatever it was, the ghost runner was picked off. Once it was Benintendi trying to steal third, he gets picked off. The other time, it was a uh, ground ball double play back to the pitcher where they caught the runner between second and third and whatever. The Yankees in back-to-back innings only sent two batters to the plate. So there were three outs recorded with only two batters going to the plate in back-to-back innings. That's got to be the first time in baseball history that that has happened. And the only way it would happen is if it were in extra innings here with the Ghost Runner. As a lot of people have been tweeting, the Yankees have had a total of four plate appearances in two innings. And... I mean, it's it, yeah, it's it's obviously um, a a historic feat to occur because the only time it would happen is in extra innings, and I can't, I I don't recall any time I've ever seen that before. I mean, there's been times where the guy's been doubled off, maybe, but 
back-to-back innings only sending two batters to the plate, that's got to be extremely rare. So Yankees and Mariners playing in a historic game there in Seattle. Uh, The Yankees are one of our plays here of the day, so we're kind of hoping that uh, the Yankees get a win as we can finish off a uh, perfect week so far. 4-0 on Monday, 3-0 so far here on Tuesday, hoping to go 4-0 on this Tuesday and 8-0 to start the week. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Hit us all up on the network at VSIN Live. We'll keep you updated on what's going on there in Seattle. Coming up about 10 minutes or so from now, Doug Kazarian from ESPN will join me here on the program, talk a variety of football topics with Doug. Uh, Cleveland Browns just continue to get some bad news. Uh, has nothing to do with the suspension to Deshaun Watson or Kareem Hunt asking for a trade. But uh, wide receiver Jakeem Grant looks like he has a torn Achilles. And uh, he was a Pro Bowl returner last year for the Chicago Bears. Uh, four punt return touchdowns and two kickoff return touchdowns in his career. Looks like he is going to be done for the season. Uh, and speaking of the entire Deshaun Watson uh, situation, Roger Goodell says that there's enough evidence that he should be out for the whole season. Um, So when this appeal comes back, I expect it to be severe. And if that's the case, what happens then? Does Deshaun Watson file countersuit? Does Roger Goodell put him on the exempt list? If if he's banned, does he then is he then ineligible to play in the preseason? You see, that's a question I want answered because if he if he receives an immediate ban, because right now the fact that he is suspended for the first six games only, he can practice with the team, he can play in the preseason, but he you know can has to once the regular season starts. He's out, can't be with the team until the second half of his suspension. So like after, like in week four, he could come back, start to practice with the team, and then rejoin the team after his six-week suspension. But if he is suspended immediately, well, then he can't play in the preseason and can't practice with the team. Like his, he's done right now, I believe is the case. So uh, Roger Goodell was... Um, uh, they had basically uh, a, a league meeting that was called to formally approve new Broncos ownership. And Roger Goodell was asked why the NFL appealed Judge Robinson's decision and was seeking a suspension of at least a year. And there's the quote there on the screen. Quote, we've seen the evidence. She was very clear about the evidence. She reinforced the evidence. There were multiple violations that were egregious and it was predatory behavior. So Roger Goodell has appointed Peter C. Harvey, former New Jersey Attorney General, to hear the appeal. Now, why I think this is going to be even beyond the six weeks, well, first off, the NFL doesn't appeal unless they think that they're going to win and get this thing beyond six weeks. But also, um, Judge Harvey, or this former Attorney General uh, Harvey, is uh, somebody that in the past has 
dealt with cases that involve sexual misconduct, uh, domestic violence, things like that, as well as he is works hand-in-hand hand with the NFL in their punishment. Like, he, he helped construct or advise them on the personal conduct policy. And so you're basically bringing in your guy. I mean, there, to me, there's no difference between having this, this, um, this former attorney general, Peter Harvey, hear the case and Roger Goodell hear the case. Like, either way, the NFL's getting their side. Like, the NFL's getting their way, which is going to be a lengthy suspension for Deshaun Watson, and it might even be the entire season. And then it just comes about, you know, what happens next? Does Watson then appeal, and do they go through that whole process? So I would expect an announcement, you know, sooner rather than later because the Browns will kick off their preseason on uh, Friday against the Jaguars, and will we see Watson play in that game or not? I would think the NFL does not want to see him in that game, so they might, you know, levy some sort of suspension or whatnot uh, as soon as possible. Uh, the other big NFL news that came about here on Tuesday, the extension for Sean McVay. Um, no surprise, you're not, going to, um, you're not going to get rid of this guy. And I know that he had uh, toyed around with the idea of retirement, but not the case uh, as he signs a contract extension. He had his first press conference, was asked about, um, you know, during his first press conference of the preseason, asked about a, an extension. But he gave the answer here on Tuesday, said that, um, you know, they already signed something in the offseason. So back when he said that, he, already, he was already signed. They just wanted to keep it kind of under wraps until they announced it together or whatever. But the Rams are in a really interesting spot because, you know, I, I'm I'm really skeptical that that Matthew Stafford plays a full season. I know they say that this elbow thing is just a a pain tolerance issue, and um. You know, he's downplaying the injury, something that he's dealt with before. But the more I think about this, and, and I, I handicapped it a little bit last week in saying that, well, if he, um, it, it, last year you play, last year when he gets traded to the Rams, it's a prove it spot, right? He has to prove that he is worthy of a team that wants to win the Super Bowl and thinks that he is the missing piece of a Super Bowl team. So he had to prove it last year. And so playing through pain, which is something that he's not shy about. He's played through pain his entire career. He's dealt with back issues. He's dealt with a lot of issues that he's played through. But last year, you can play through pain when you are trying to prove it, when you are trying to take a Super Bowl-ready roster to 
the ultimate goal for the first time in your career. Now that he has won that Super Bowl and seeing that his team is likely going to make the playoffs this year once again, perhaps he chooses to get this elbow taken care of before it gets worse and he can come back and be healthy and ready to go at the end of the season into the playoffs and try to make another run here. I just don't think he needs to go through a 17-game grind playing through pain this year after winning the Super Bowl last season. We'll get uh, thoughts coming up next from Doug Kazarian of ESPN. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VEASAN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free to play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at Victory Heineken. Beer made better. 21 and over only, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joining us now, the host of ESPN's Daily Wager. He is Doug Kazarian. And Doug, I just got done talking about Matthew Stafford's elbow injury and my level of concern for him, uh, thinking that he probably will miss some time this season what do you think about his elbow injury and your thoughts on the Rams and their chances to repeat after last year? Well, are we, are we sure that he's going to miss some time? Like, I'm not so sure of that. I mean, elbows, I mean, we're, it's August 9th, right? <clears throat> now, I know some of the bets have come in as if he's going to definitely miss the opener. Uh, at least that's what the uh, market has been moving accordingly with the Bills up to two and a half point favorites. I just think they're taking a position, taking a shot, so to speak. I, I really don't have any concern. Now, I know he's no spring chicken. And injuries can be a certain thing that nag all season. We've seen that with other quarterbacks when they have something that just will not heal. And even another position with Emmett, oh yeah, not Emmett, uh, Ezekiel Elliott with the Cowboys, just talking about how his, his knee was banged up basically all of last season. So it's not something to dismiss. It's reported for a reason. Obviously, the NFL has strict rules about reporting injuries. But I'm not too concerned at all. I think they're going to have a target on their back. They're going to have a tough schedule. I think those are the bigger concerns to assess. 
when considering their win total and things along those lines. Yeah, I guess my, my handicap here was that uh, last season you can play through pain. You know, you, you have to prove it. You traded there. You have a Super Bowl-ready roster, best opportunity, the only opportunity in your career to go to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl, so you deal with it. Having won the Super Bowl last year, I can just see a guy who is up there in age thinking, if it's going to take me three weeks to, you know, miss some time and get this thing taken care of so that I'm healthy come the end of the year and ready to make another run in the postseason, I might take some time off this year considering that he accomplished his goal last season. Perhaps. Perhaps. And maybe it'll even be out of his control and the doctors will dictate that or the management. I I just feel you can't get ahead of your too much just because on this front because you know these guys don't get to the NFL by being guys who like mail it in and things like that you got to be a little bit more judicious with your assumptions but I it certainly would surprise me um you know it's, we haven't seen a team repeat in a while although the Chiefs really should have made a run mm. a couple times to the Super Bowl but with that being said the NFC is not that deep there's obviously a couple teams at the top that upper tier with the Bucks and the Packers and obviously there's varying opinions there with the Rams and maybe the Niners, depending on Trey Lance. But I uh, I can't fault anyone if they wanted to fade the Rams from like a regular season win total. Yeah, I would be going for like under Stafford's passing yards is, is where I'd be looking at there for, <laughs> for a prop bet. Plus just unders in general on player props are the way to go. I think they're hitting at close to 70% uh, if you're looking at the player prop uh, going with under. By the way, the Mariners just walked off the Yankees in 13 innings, one nothing. the final there, the game that just wouldn't end finally has come to an end. We're talking to Doug Kazarian, host of the Daily Wager for ESPN here. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the look ahead on VSIN. Uh Preseason week one, I know technically it got underway with the Hall of Fame game last week, but week one of the preseason kicks off here on Thursday. How invested are you in the NFL preseason? I love it. I love it. And if I was smarter, I would bet more on the preseason than I do the regular season. There's just not enough games in the now. With the expanded schedule now, we only have three preseason games or three preseason weeks. It really is. It can be a labor of love, but it is also a rewarding experience because we know that the core of the crux of it is coaches don't really care if they win or lose. So they're much more transparent with injuries, uh, playing time, expectant, ex- expectations, and everything along those lines. So you really get as much information as possible out there. Like, we know the Jets are going to be playing their starters, we think, in through the first quarter. We know the Bears are playing their starters. We know Harbaugh's not going to play Lamar Jackson and some other guys, but that may not be a bad thing because Hundley knows the offense, and obviously Baltimore's won 20 straight preseason games, 18-2 and two ATS over that run. So the information is out there, but it's not exactly like on the bottom line of ESPN or it's going to be leading sports center because it's, you know, so-and-so is going to take two series with the, with the first-team offense. You have to dig deep. You have to stream their press conferences during the middle of the week. But if you're willing to put in that work, it's very lucrative. And that's why the market is so soft, and they'll move drastically off some numbers. I mean, a syndicate put out some plays on Monday morning. They moved the Raiders from 2.5 to 3.5. Now, 3 is not the key number in the preseason. It is the regular season, but it's still worth noting. 33 and a half in the Jets Eagles game moved up to 35 and a half. It's now 36. That's significant. I mean, that's a 10% move on a total, right? Just based on one sort of syndicate group's bet. So it's a volatile market. It's tricky. You're competing with the sharpest of the sharpest guys and the most driven and most competitive and trying to get all that information. But the opportunities are certainly there. There's no doubt about it. 
Are you surprised the market is moving away from the Ravens, given the historic nature that you mentioned it, 20 straight wins in the preseason, but yet we've seen this line move against them? Kind of makes me think the Titans are the right side here. Yeah, I would think that, but I, I we've seen people bet into the Ravens in the past and lose. I just don't, I mean, I, look, you don't really see big numbers in the preseason. Three and a half, four is about as big as it gets. So that's really the only reason, because remember, these teams are playing, not playing for overtime. They're, they're going to get on these crooked numbers of one and two. One's like the new key number in preseason as opposed to three in the regular season. So three and a half is a pretty big number. There's vanilla defenses. But given the Ravens, what they've done, I think it's silly, really silly to bet into them. There's just better things to do with your money. <laughs> well, speaking of things to do with our money, uh, have you locked in some futures yet for the NFL season? Yeah, I like a few plays. Um, my favorite is the Patriots under, excuse me, not under, to miss the playoffs at minus 160. Mm. I am not a believer in this team right now, and we're kind of seeing it in the last couple of days of training camp where there's been reports of just like dysfunction, would-be sacks if they were if they were allowed to hit the quarterback, some penalties. They're, they don't know who the offensive coordinator is. Losing Josh McDaniels is, is something. Why? Because when they had him, it was something as well. You can't have it both ways. You can't say he's a great play caller. He's great with quarterbacks. He's an offensive mind. And then when you lose him, say, yeah, it's no big deal. It doesn't work that way. Literally, it's one or the other. And so you lose that. I don't think Mac Jones is like an elite player. I think he's solid, things like that. But I, I just think there's a ceiling to what he can do this year, given how weak the playmakers are around him in Foxborough. And then the defense was good at times. They were opportunistic. I think it's just one of those things or it's not like a vintage Belichick defense. And I'm, I'm someone who says there's got to be better things to do with your money than bet against Belichick. But I really think this could be his last season. And I just think that his best years of coaching are behind him. And he's still going to be driven. He's still going to be prepared, all that good stuff. But I just don't see how they get to the playoffs. Now, they've had double-digit wins all these years, every year seemingly. But that's Brady. I mean, let's face it. That was Brady involved with Belichick. I think they're both the best. And I just don't think this team has the horses with the Buffalo Bills obviously being the gold standard in their division. And I think the uh, Dolphins are going to be pretty decent. I mean, I know there's a wide range of opinions there, but I just don't think the Patriots are very good. And that schedule is tough. I just don't see them as a playoff team in the AFC. I really don't. You mentioned Josh McDaniels. They obviously start off their preseason campaign with a win in the Hall of Fame game. But what's your outlook on this Raiders team in arguably the most competitive division in football? So I've been thinking about it because their ceiling is pretty high, right? And at times, they're going to have some really good games. Even going back to two years ago, that Sunday night game where they, bar- they barely lost to the Chiefs. It was such a big game. But they didn't have the mental fortitude. The next week, they go get waxed in Atlanta. I just don't know if this team, because the schedule is really tough, do they have sort of the, I don't know, fortitude to kind of go in week, out, week in and week out and grind wins? I'm just not that optimistic that they do as much as I like where everything's going with this team I'm just a little apprehensive but I think the offense could have three 100 catch receivers with Renfro and then obviously Devontae Adams and then Waller the tight end standing on his health so I actually think there's a prop that at Caesars I've seen 20 to 1 that they lead the NFL in scoring now obviously you have to win some games to have a lot of points and lead the win but I just I don't trust that they're going to be able to have, have be cohesive enough and have just like disciplined to be able to take a beating every week and go in and grind out wins. But I think we're going to see a lot of points. We're going to have some fun stuff on offense. So 
I, I'm going to take a flyer on those on those Raiders at 20-1 to 1 to lead the league in scoring. I love it because uh, I, I was already looking at their games thinking that there's going to be some a lot of overs played uh, yeah. with Raiders games this year. Doug, appreciate the time and the conversation. Hope to do it again real soon. You got it, man. Thanks for having me on. Best of luck to everyone. There he is, Doug Kazarian. Catch him hosting ESPN's Daily Wager. Uh, does a tremendous job uh, at Doug ESPN on Twitter. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Take a look at a couple of other NFL interesting prop bets that we could place. Uh, yeah, I do think that there's going to be overs here uh, with the Raiders. And hey, 20 to 1 for the Raiders to lead the league in scoring. Is that possible? Well, we'll take a look at the schedule because it seems like a pretty good bet. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. College Football Guide is out now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations. Plus, our best season win total bets, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VSIN All Access subscriber. Sign up for VSIN All Access today and get everything we offer for the entire football season, including our upcoming pro football betting guide. Subscribe now at vsin.com slash subscribe. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. I wanted to take a look at some of the season specials that are available to wager on DraftKings currently, including uh, most wins, fewest wins, highest-scoring team, things like that. As Doug Kazarian just mentioned, he likes the Raiders to be the highest-scoring team. Up on DraftKings right now, you can get the Raiders at 18-1 to to be the highest-scoring team in the NFL. Currently, the uh, favorite to be the highest scoring team is the Buffalo Bills at plus 550, followed by the Tampa Bay Bucks at plus 800, as well as the Chargers at plus 800. Last year, in terms of the highest scoring team in the NFL, it was the Dallas Cowboys, 530 points. Uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks were second at 511. The Bills, 483, and then the Chiefs, 480. The highest points per game, uh, same thing. It was the Cowboys, number one, the Bucks number two, and the Bills, number three. So looking at that, the Bills are the favorite. The Bucks are your second favorite. Cowboys, 12-1 to one to be the highest scoring team. How about the odds to be the lowest scoring team? Last season, the lowest scoring team in the NFL was the Jacksonville Jaguars, just 253 points. The Giants were the second lowest scoring team, followed by the Houston Texans. Those were the only three teams that scored under 300 points last year. And the lowest points per game were the Jaguars, Giants, and Houston Texans. So, The odds to be the lowest scoring team, the Falcons, 
are the favorite at 5-1, to one, followed by the Texans at plus 550. And then the Chicago Bears at 6-1, to one, followed by the Seahawks plus 750. The uh, odds to have the most wins in the NFL, the Bills are the favorite, followed by the Bucks, Packers, and Rams for the fewest wins in the NFL. Texans are plus 275, Falcons plus 400, Seahawks plus 750, Jets plus 850, and now here's one that I actually like. Chicago Bears, 10 to 1 up on DraftKings to have the fewest regular season wins. I don't like this Bears team. I don't think anybody likes this Bears team. And now we're seeing reports that Roquan Smith wants out of Chicago. So more dysfunction there. The uh, arguably their best linebacker going to be out. And so now it's like, who is on this team? Who are you relying on to get your wins? The Bears are going to be a bad team. Like I, Plus, like, you know, there's going to be a lot of love for the uh, Lions after people watch Hard Knocks. But, like, look, you got Darnell Mooney is arguably the, the weapon there on this offense. But Justin Fields doesn't do anything for you. All right, the running backs, okay. David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, okay. But that's about it. Offensive line, not great. Defensively, without Roquan Smith, it's like, there's no no one on that defense. Robert Quinn, maybe. Uh, I mean, this is this is gonna be a bad football team. This is gonna be a bad football team. I like ten to one on the Chicago Bears to have the fewest wins in the NFL. Uh, there's odds that you can bet on a winless season. I don't think that's gonna happen. Uh, there's odds you can bet on a perfect season. If anyone's going to go 17 and oh, uh, how about this? The last undefeated team, who is it going to be? The Chargers are actually the favorite to be the last undefeated team. And a lot of it has to do with the schedule. So you look at the team's schedule and you think, all right, well, who's got the easy early part of the schedule? Chargers start off. I mean, look, Raiders, Chiefs, it's not exactly easy. But then they go through this run here of Jaguars, Texans, Browns before Broncos, Seahawks, Falcons. Look, this schedule for the Chargers, like I think the Chargers, I'm very high on them. I mean, look at this schedule. All right, Raiders at the Chiefs. Okay. Then they go Chargers. Then they, Excuse me, they go Jaguars, Texans, Browns. Again, Browns with no Deshaun Watson. Broncos, tough game, but then they go Seahawks, Falcons at the 49ers. We'll see. The Chiefs, another divisional game at the Cardinals, who knows, at the Raiders. So they finish up with a little difficulty, but they have a stretch here of one, two, three, four, five games where they should win with their eyes closed. So you got to be very high on the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Team to start 5-0. and oh. You can bet on that. Up on DraftKings. Will a team start 5-0? and oh, And you got like odds on the Rams to do it, the Chiefs to do it, the Bills, Bucks, Cal, all these teams. 
you have odds on them to go five and oh. Um, tie. How about this? Will any regular season game end in a tie after overtime? The yes is minus 400, which is crazy. But there have been ties in, uh, I feel like, in if you go back through the past several seasons, there have been a lot of ties. There might be only like two years in the last, I don't know, eight to ten years that haven't had a tie in the regular season. But you would think those odds would be a little different. But those are just some win totals that we have available up on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Some really interesting nuggets there for some of these uh, season specials like uh, highest scoring team, lowest scoring team, most wins, least wins, things like that. Um, You can even bet on winning streaks. Will a team have a winning streak of four and a half games, four games, five games, things like that? Odd on a Chiefs to have a winning streak of, you know, over under four and a half games. The Bills, over under five and a half games. I think that is uh, always fun to take a look at. Prop bets. Talked about it a little bit with Doug Kazarian. Definitely on the under Matthew Stafford passing yards. I just think he misses time this year. But even if he doesn't miss time this year, don't you think they're going to want to protect him a little bit? I mean, he threw a lot last year. And... I just think they're going to run the ball more, which is going to lead to less passing attempts. I also think that with a new offensive coordinator, it'll be a little bit different. Remember, Kevin O'Connell's not there anymore. He's now the head coach of the Vikings. I also wouldn't mind looking at an under on Cooper Cup receiving yards. Kind of a similar mindset, right? Teams kind of will key in on him. Plus, there's the emergence of Allen Robinson. Everyone's talk. Everyone seems to be gushing over Allen Robinson in training camp. So you have the uncertainty of Matthew Stafford's elbow combined with the emergence of Allen Robinson. And I think betting the under for Cooper Cup receiving yards, probably the way to go. 1,300 is the prop. I, I would lean the under on Cooper Cup receiving yards. Last year, obviously, a historic year for Cooper Cup, 1,947 yards. I do think that that's not going to uh, be duplicated. I mean, he took a major jump from his highest season ever, which was 1,161, to now 1,947. Uh, so I think there's going to be a significant drop-off. And yeah, if Matthew Stafford misses any time, then Cooper Cup going under is the way to look. But also with the whole Allen Robinson thing, I would give an under look at Cooper Cup in his receiving yardage prop. Uh, Coming up next, we'll talk more NFL with uh, Chris Raybon from Action Network, get his thoughts on maybe some of these prop bets, talk about any of the prop wagers that he has placed himself for the upcoming NFL season, uh, maybe an idea on um, a you know interesting uh, nuggets here as far as awards market or other bets in the futures market as well. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scotts on Air. This is the Look Ahead here on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network.
Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the look ahead on vsin the sports betting network Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in the Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Back here on The Look Ahead here on VSIN, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Joining us now from the Action Network is Chris Raybon. And Chris, uh, I was just talking about the Rams and the uncertainty with Matthew Stafford's elbow and things like that. And I kind of like the under on Cooper Cup's receiving yards, not just because of the Stafford uncertainty, but because everything that we hear out of training camp is gushing over how good Allen Robinson looks for this Rams team. What's your thoughts on this team and the possibility of Cooper Cup going under his receiving yardage prop? Yeah, anytime you have a player post an outlier season like Cooper Cup did with nearly 2,000 yards, uh, it tends to be a smart bet uh, to take the under. Because remember, all you need is really a couple of games of him getting hurt or something like that. It doesn't even have to be uh, truly an on-the-field reason. So uh, I like that quite a bit. I think that's how you want to attack these markets. Uh, those kind of players are the players that no one really wants to uh, bet the under on after they had such a good season. Yeah, and also, look, Kevin O'Connell's not there anymore, so I don't know if the offense is going to look a little different than it did last year, but I think that Stafford might be throwing less, and uh, I like the under on Cooper Cup. Uh, what about your thoughts on Allen Robinson? So I have an interesting bet for Robinson. I think comeback player of the year at 25-1 to 1. Uh, is pretty interesting because usually what's happened with this award is it's either a quarterback mm-hmm. and in the years when a quarterback hasn't won it, it's been a wide receiver to get, you know, usually 1,200 plus yards. And I think Allen Robinson teamed up with Matthew Stafford in this offense does have that potential. Remember, A-Rob had a couple of bad seasons mixed in there, you know, with Jacksonville, had a couple of down years, and then he comes back to Chicago, and all of a sudden, two years in a row, he gets 100-odd catches in, you know, 11, 1,200 yards. So now you put him on the Rams with Stafford, you got cup taking away coverage. I think it's a possibility, especially because I look up and down the list at the quarterbacks. I mean, it's Daniel Jones and Mitch Trubisky, not really inspiring 
So I think this could be a year when a wide receiver wins comeback player of the year. Would you uh, take a look at the over 825 on Allen Robinson receiving yards? You know, I, I would. I think it's it's a solid bet, but I don't really like betting overs on just the median props as much. I like the long shots because I think you still have, uh, you know, a lot of risk when it comes to tying up your money. Uh, and a guy, again, a guy can miss a couple games and your bet is toast. So that's why I like the comeback player of the year, just because you're getting, you know, some really juicy odds there at 25 to 1. Yeah, the guy who I was looking at for comeback player of the year is Giants quarterback Daniel Jones. Uh, just looking at the way that he has the potential of playing in Brian Dable's offense. And, you know, he only played like 11 games last year. So you mentioned the quarterbacks tend to be the ones that are favored to win this award. What about Daniel Jones' chances? Yeah, I mean, I think if I had to choose a quarterback, I would definitely choose him. I'm cautiously optimistic uh, about Jones. I do think he has some talent and has just been in a, a bad situation. And, of course, we saw what Brian Dable uh, was able to do with Josh Allen. So it's not out of the question that Daniel Jones could come back and win this thing. Any other long shot bets that you have for this coming season? Uh, so I, I like Kenneth Walker to win Rookie of the Year, uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year, 12-1. Mm -hmm. to 1. I think, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the market was severely mispriced. Kenny Pickett was still the favorite. Yep. Uh, but now Walker is still, you know, in eighth or ninth place. And Rashad Penny has missed 28 of a possible 65 games in his career. So it doesn't matter that Rashad Penny was great last year. He averaged over six yards a carry. He's going to be the week one starter in all likelihood. What matters is that Penny hasn't been able to stay on the field. We know, especially with Russell Wilson gone, the Seahawks, are going to want to run the football. Drew Locke, Geno Smith, not exactly inspiring. And Walker is a guy who ran for over 1,600 yards, 18 touchdowns in his final season at Michigan State. Yeah, we, we know how dominant he was there. So not a bad bet, uh, especially considering, you know, just the one thing that I would have some hesitation is I think the Seahawks are just going to be a bad team and they're going to be yeah. they're going to be trailing in a lot of these games. So uh, I don't know how, you know, what the running volume is going to be like. But then again, maybe they're just, maybe it's a it's give up. It's garbage time stuff that, you know, leads to him getting some stats. And uh, fantasy players know garbage time is our best friend, Chris. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, look at Penny. Look at Penny last year, you know, down the stretch. He was the best running back in football for, for a good, you know, five, six game stretch. They weren't very good last year either. Yeah. So you know, it's a possibility. Gar anytime touchdowns don't matter. It doesn't matter when they happen as long as we get the numbers. Uh, what about in the futures market? Any uh, division uh, champion odds or league uh, conference uh, odds? Anything you like there? So I like the Philadelphia Eagles to win the NFC East at plus 160. You know, let people, you know, talk about Jalen Hurts and, and maybe we'll get some value here because I, I think he's set up for success. I think this roster is very good. And of course, we know, you know, the NFC East hasn't had a repeat winner since the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Dallas, as much as, you know, they're a talented team, I think, you know, Trayvon Diggs probably takes a step back. I don't think he's going to intercept 11 balls again this year. Uh, and they could take a step back with, you know, all the issues at wide receiver with Cooper gone and, and all the injuries. So uh, I like Philly plus 160 to win that division. And remember, if Jalen Hurts struggles, they still have Gardner Minshew, who is one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. So in that division, I think Philly uh, could get it done. So I like them plus 160 to win the East. I love it because I'm so down on the Cowboys and I, I've been, you know, propping up the Eagles and even the Giants for months now. So uh, I'm right there with you. I do think the Eagles uh, do win that division. And, you know, I don't necessarily hate taking a 11 or 12 to one flyer on the Eagles to win the NFC either. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a team that you look at what happened with Baltimore a couple of years ago where Lamar Jackson really kind of took the league by storm. And he hasn't really been able to replicate that. But all you need is that one outlier. And, you know, playing in the NFC East, I think it's a great, you know, and, and playing in the NFC period, I, I think it is just a better spot. The AFC is just absolutely loaded. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't mind Philly with some long shot bets at all. What about uh, in the AFC? Anything uh, stand out to you? Maybe a win total bet? Yeah, I would really like Pittsburgh over seven wins. I think people are kind of selling Pittsburgh short. Uh, this is one of the few teams that I think you can be confident in, even with question marks at quarterback. And why is that? Because they still have a great defense. And we've seen them do this before. You know, we've seen them, you know, crawl their way to 500 with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. Mike Tomlin never has had a losing record. And by the way, Mitch Trubisky, the only time he had a losing record as a starter uh, was his rookie year. So mm. the other three, uh, he, he managed to win with Chicago. So same kind of deal here. You just got to just got to get to eight wins. They don't even need a winning record and you win your bet. Uh, so I really like that over seven for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Do you think it will be Mitchell Trubisky? Would you be surprised if Kenny Pickett is the starter in week one? At, I wouldn't be surprised just because, uh, you know, he was the first quarterback drafted. But at this point point it just doesn't feel like um he's quite up to speed i think he would have to have a really amazing preseason and kind of turn things around quickly because remember he's been you know taking a lot of reps with not just the second team but the third team and, and so it's really rare that you see a quarterback jump from you know third team to starter in the span of, of a few weeks where are you on the 49ers because uh I, I am not high on them i'm not sold on trey lance uh i love the under debo samuel 950 receiving yards and I'm I'm just not sold on this team as a contender with Trey Lance. I'd be more confident if it was Jimmy Garoppolo here in the regular season. Where do you fall on the 49ers? I, I'm a little more uh, you know, bullish on the 49ers, and that's because I feel like Kyle Shanahan's always been able to do it with whatever quarterback he's had. I mean, you go back to even, you know, he had Nick Mullins in there. He was averaging over eight yards an attempt. And even last year, when Lance didn't really look that great throwing the football, he averaged eight and a half yards per attempt. Uh, we know he could run the ball. We, we know they got weapons. So I, I think the 49ers find a way to get it done. I mean, you know, when they went to the Super Bowl that year, all the talk was that, you know, they were hiding Garoppolo and they had to mm -hmm. hide him and they still got there. You know, so I think Kyle Shanahan, regardless of how you know, well or poorly Lance may play, I think Shanahan will have a plan uh, as evidenced by the fact that he's making this change, you know, in the first place, which is a gutsy thing to do considering you had a, a quarterback that did get you to the Super Bowl even though you didn't win it. Chris, appreciate the time and the insight. Good luck with your bets and we'll catch up soon. All right. Thanks for having me. There he is. Chris Raybon from Action Network joining us. Talk a little NFL futures and, you know, it, it also tying into my Debo under is all the reports coming out of 49ers camp, just how good Brandon Ayuk has looked. So maybe a relationship forming between Brandon Ayuk and Trey Lance. And you know what I say to that? Good. The more passes that Ayuk catches, the less passes that Debo Samuel catches. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll uh, talk about what we saw here on what was a wild day of Major League Baseball, concluding with uh, free baseball in Seattle. This is The Look Ahead here on VC.
regular season football is just around the corner. The VEASAN team has been prepping all summer for this. Whether you're betting on futures, looking for contest strategy, or building your own... At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.